Just stealing. Woo! Wheeling, dealing. Limousine lights. Jet flying. Son of a gun. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. Hey, it's, uh, it's Tiger. I need you to give me a huge favor. Take your name off your phone. My wife went through my phone. In all seven of your Tour de France victories, did you ever take banned substances or blood dope? Yes. It looks to me as if they're going to bow underarm off the last ball. Rod Marsh is saying no, mate. But I'm sure he's going to bow an underarm delivery. I'm sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage, actually, when he, when he got up after scoring that draw. Welcome to the Dummy M off-season. It is B-Row, normally joined by T-Dog, but right now he and his wife are expecting bub number two. So I've reached out to the world of radio and joined today, very excited, the Brian Madigan. How are you, Madigan? Thanks very much for having me here. Absolute pleasure. I'm really pumped that you're here on the show. And uh, mate, now you're in Sydney and you've just recently escaped lockdown. Is that correct? Just a couple of days out, so it's now a really, really nervous wait for us. Dirty unwashed. Yes, I'm one of those people who's um, refused to be coerced. You can think of me whatever you like, those of you who are listening who may have taken it or those who haven't. Yeah, but the 15th is our release date from prison, basically. So by the time you listen to this, yeah, us dirty unwashed in Sydney might be actually let out. Now, I would like to qualify for our listeners that Madigan isn't a conspiracy theorist. He's actually a manly fan. And they said to him <laughs> that he has to cross the street to get the vaccine. And being a manly fan, he's not going anywhere. He's not walking anywhere. So he hasn't gone and gotten the vaccine just yet. But uh, OK, so you've got a few more days in isolation and then we're going to be free. Lovely. So that means when you're at home and you're locked up, you can still listen to the dummy. M. You could do the whole back catalogue, Madigan. You could, that's, that's what you could do that's to pass right. the time. Yeah. I've got them all on my phone. I think I'm uh, the last episode I'm up to is probably with Tony Barber, so I've still got a couple of eps to catch up on. Okie dokie. Well, look, we have a massive show today, and as always, we are going to be joined by J-Dub. She's back with her sports roundup to let us know what's happening in the world of sport. And we're going to make a phone call to our mate T-Dog, find out exactly what's been going on. I mean, Vera, you kind of gave it away at the beginning there of the podcast, but you know what? Who knows? We'll, f- we'll call him. We'll find out. Excellent. And our three nominees for the Dummy of the Week. Essentially, every week we just look at three silly sports stories and we try and determine who the biggest idiot is of the week. And today it is the Melbourne Storm for trying to shop around Brandon Smith and that sort of blow up in their face. The UFC for their mistreatment of fighters. I'm a little bit dirty on them on that. And the AFL player, Sydney Stack, for spending too much time on social media. Allegedly, I don't know a great deal about it, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about that, Madigan. But let's jump in. And who is our first nominee for the Dummy of the Week this week, buddy? It is the Melbourne Storm shopping around Brandon Smith. So after they lose in one of the uh, semifinals, basically the hectic cheese and Munster cut loose on the Gold Coast and were sort of caught uh, on camera in 4K, as the uh, young kids say. Doing some pretty silly things mm-hmm. uh, is the nicest way to put it. And ever since then, for some reason, Brandon Smith hasn't been able to shut his mouth. And he's just, he is now the living embodiment of the Simpsons meme. Dude, dig up stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like this guy keeps digging himself deeper and deeper into a hole. Now, the other things that he's been going on about, he's come out on podcasts, not this one, he should have come on this one, mm-hmm. and basically back 
about the drinking culture at the Melbourne Storm, like they're drunk all the time. I'm paraphrasing there, obviously, but he basically says there's a massive drinking culture. Mm. And uh, was it alleged that he was trying to get a deal done with the Dolphins or, you know, the, yes. the, yeah. And it's like, mate, I saw him, no joke. He was down. I, I do actually leave the house anyway, being a Manly <laughs> fan, but down in Collaroy at a cafe with Matty Johns the other day. And I, I wanted to go up there and just shake him, but obviously, you know, that's not the smartest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just tell him, Shut your mouth. Why are you talking still? The best thing that you could be doing right now is saying nothing, but this guy just keeps digging himself deeper and deeper into a hole. Now, the blowback to it is that the Melbourne Storm are fed up with him and they've essentially decided to start to shop him around. And that's what happens this week, but it's blown up in their face because nobody actually wants him because the deal they're putting forward, and this is what makes it so stupid, is they're saying you can have him for a year because the year after that he goes to the Roosters and right. in return, you have to give us a player of the same level for a five-year term. Yeah. Now, look, for all of his faults off the field, I don't think there's any doubt that the dude is pretty amazing on the field as mm. a hooker. Mm-hmm. The guy pretty damn good. I would like to have him at Manly as a hooker because, you know, we haven't got a real attacking hooker. We've got a defensive hooker, and the other one's waiting to be thrown into jail. <laughs> so we could really use him for, for 12 months. While we wait for the uh, for our for our predominant hooker to you know finally get his innocent verdict, mm-hmm. the entire thing baffles me that there is actually no one out there willing to take him up. Well, wouldn't you lose a, a large deal of money if you're trading a player of his value? You're trading someone who's cost the club a lot of money, and you're only getting them for one year. That's why people don't. Well, this is not a bargain. Yeah, but look at Tavita Pangai Jr. for the um for the Panthers. They yep. only got him for you know X amount of months. Yeah, and he came in and he he knocked it out of the park and helped them win a grand final. How- yeah, I guess so. I, I I guess you've made a solid point there. But I do believe that the Storm have sort of been left very red faced in relation to this incident. And I think what really makes them dummy M worthy is the fact that a, a chucklehead like Brandon Smith has actually made the storm look stupid, you know. Oh. And J-Dub is back to tell us what's happening in the world of sports, so take it away, Jules. Sports, 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 sports. Hey, fellas, thanks for having me back yet again. Here's to another week. This week, Sam Kerr put the shoulder into some dickhead who invaded the pitch, and all of Australia cheered. Yes, she's the Matildas captain. Yes, she plays for Cheltenham. But when that woman put a shoulder into the goose that security couldn't catch, all of Australia went up. We all drank beers out of shoes. We could not have been more proud. Me, for one, I would like to have seen Sam just kind of put the boot in for a bit, but she didn't because she's a lady. Let me tell you, as straight as I am, I have a giant girl crush on her. Well done, Sam Kerr. It's that time of year, guys. I love cricket. I love the five-day game. I bloody well love the Ashes. You're talking to someone who had to go on stage in England the first night after we lost the Ashes for the very first time and Jesus Christ did I cop some. So every time something happens to England, I embrace it like it's my own child. This week, we saw Mitchell Stark take out Rory Burns in the very first ball. So not only did I get to see a pom get taken out on the first ball, but it made Shane Warne speechless. Oh my God, I almost came. And finally, we go to golf. Not a sport I cover too often, but Danish golfer Thorn. I'm going to call him Thorn. It's Thorbjorn Olsen. Got drunk on a plane flight, uh, took some sleeping tablets, and then just cut sick. He grabbed some woman's boob, he shoved a flight attendant, he pissed on a seat. It was not that long a flight. And somehow he managed to really get all of it in there. And I've got to say, after all that, Thorba John, do you play rugby league? Can we sign you up? I think you'd be a goer. 
Thanks for having me, fellas. I've been in orange this weekend, so if you're wondering about why my voice is so croaky, it's bloody well freezing, even though it's December and summer. The Dummy M Podcast. Face it, as Eels and Broncos fans, they need something else to talk about. Well, our guest today was uh, very critical uh, during my formative years as a stand-up. He was often the MC and the headliner at the Bridge Hotel there in Balmain. And I certainly looked up to him then, and I look up to him now. We are speaking with Aww. Mr. Hollywood Brett Sheargold. How are you, buddy? Oh, mate, uh, you can't say things like that. You, you see, you've got you've you've knocked me off base already, buddy. Mate, I, I loved watching your act back in the day. Every time you're on stage, you are a tremendous comedian, and I meant every word of that. <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. That's very beautiful. That's, I, I appreciate that. I wanted to talk about uh, this new thing, uh, comedy without laughter. <laughs> and how's that working out? <laughs> Have you guys actually like gone out to the traps and gone out and seen the like live comedy in the like what we would have done back in the in the day? Well, Man, I'm not allowed out of the house. Yeah, obviously with COVID, that that's kind of killed comedy. But I've certainly seen the standard that's on Netflix, which is a lot of a lot of um, words without punchlines. Yeah, yeah, sentences they call them. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood, I think they call it clapter, which is basically get out there and you make a statement that is not controversial, that is, you know, uh, part of the mainstream and you just get people to clap along. If you watch any late night TV schmuck like Fallon or Kimmel or uh, whoever that other idiot is, Trevor Noah, all they do is just come out and say uh, statements that have been pre-approved by the DNC and then everyone everyone claps along. There's no punchlines. There's no comedy. And you forgot as well. Uh, the audience have to come dressed as chairs. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot that important part of it. Is, um, good point, good point. Now, Hollywood, your career actually goes back to your childhood, doesn't it? Because you were actually a child star <laughs> yeah. on television. Yeah. Tell us all about it. I did a lot of TV when I was still at school, which can be a positive and a negative. So I'm assuming that it was a positive with the ladies, but the uh, the teenage boys didn't like it very much. Oh, I tell you what. But it was great. It was great having, like, a, a job and being able to take, like, you know, you take the girls out to the movies and stuff. It was pretty impressive for, like, 13, 14-year-old mate. And, uh, and you were on the Mike Wall show. Was there any other shows that you were working on as a, as a child performer? I think pretty much the Mike Walsh show was the the main one. But, like, they used to get me to do um, a lot of radio at the time as well. So anytime they needed, like, a precocious uh, teenager or uh, to comment on some topic, I'd get the phone call. But your first gig then would have been essentially Channel 9. You would have started on mainstream television and there would have been, like, three or four channels. <laughs> so every household yeah, probably yeah, knew yeah, you. Yeah, there was... Yeah, I know. It was like lunchtime television. Yeah. Back when it was lunchtime variety. Yeah, that was crazy. Looking back at it as a young bloke, was the pay good? Because that was the first thing that came to my mind as a child star. Were they were they paying you decent? They said it wasn't much, but I looked at it and I think I was getting something like $800 a week if wow. you adjusted it to... Yeah, just in it to today's money. It was a lot of fun as well. It was a lot of fun and and lots of free taxis as well to a to a thirteen, fourteen year old. 
getting a free cab. Yes. Mate, in the radio industry back in the day, those cab charges were like gold. You try to get as many as you possibly could. Yeah. Do you think there will become an underground comedy scene where it would be like a speakeasy or, you know, Mm, like... um, Exactly right. (laughs) That again, you've said... You've said it, buddy. I think what what comedy is going to go back to being, and it's the way that it's going to work, is it's going to be like a jazz club, right? It's a place that is made for comedy. It's a comedy room. It's run by uh, somebody who wants to make uh, money, not a statement, Mm. and um, they put a show on that people come to see because they laugh at it. They don't get preached to. They don't get all of that. It's a show that you can laugh at. And it's like, you look at it today, guys, Faulty Towers would not have been made today, you know? Mm. Blazing Saddles wouldn't have got made today. Oh, without doubt. So you have a look, you know, and you have a look, Jay Leno's not doing the university circuit. Seinfeld won't do the university circuit. Bill Cosby's not doing gigs anymore. Uh, Robin, Robin Williams won't do gigs anymore. It's, um, you know, it's sad, guys. It's really sad. And it's, it's nobody's offended by anything. This is the other thing that sort of just boggles the mind is ABC comedy. And so think about this, that the Australian broadcaster, the government, has its own comedy department, yeah, and not in an ironic way, yeah, yeah, which is just Will Anderson, isn't it? That's probably the only person in there. Yeah, look, as much as I, if we're if we're really going to get down, keeping it really real, as much as I can't stand Hamish and Andy, Hamish and Andy have had to survive on their ratings. How do we fix comedy then, Hollywood? Uh, well, I look at it this way. All right, I look at it this way. At the moment. Comedy is in the hair metal stage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And grunge is about to happen. Like the grunge movement <laughs> is going to come along and completely make all of this irrelevant. You see, it's like I used to say, I used to do the bit where, where you used to be able to get up on stage and go, two Jews walk into a bar, right? Mm. And now somebody will say, you're being anti-Semitic. You can't say jokes about Jews. So, all right, two walk into a bar and then uh, somebody will go well why pick on bar staff so what so all right so two people walk into a building well man not everybody can walk <laughs> so oh, all right so so two entities walk into a silicon-based non-entity uh, it's not a joke you know yeah it's like um it's like knock knock who's there fucking nobody it's, it's not a joke you can't laugh at anything ladies and gentlemen hollywood brett sheargold thank you so much it is the dummy and podcast make sure that you do subscribe to our show give us a follow when you're on all the major podcast platforms and we're joined this week with madigan madigan who is our second nominee for the dummy of the week mate all right we're gonna go over to the ufc for what i would call some pretty unprofessional even just basic, decent humanity when releasing a fighter. Yep. Now, you are referring to Kevin Lee, and uh, he appeared on Ariel Hawani's MMA Hour, and he had this to say. Um, Kevin, very sorry to hear this news. Shocking news to me and so many others. Could you tell me when you found out that you were being released from the UFC? 
yesterday morning through email, you know, that, that, that was kind of the worst part about it. Didn't really uh, have the proper uh, notice or even get a phone call about it. No phone call, no text, no nothing, an email from who? Uh, from Tracy, who sends out all the bout agreements. So it wasn't even from Sean or, or Hunter or Dana or any of these guys. And uh, honestly, that's what pisses me off the most is, is the lack of respect. Now, Kevin Lee is a fighter. He took a number of short notice fights and he went on on the um, uh, MMA hour with Ariel Hawani to explain that he would say to young fighters now, don't do it because the, the UFC, you're their best friend when you jump in and save one of their cards. But in the end, when your win-loss ratio just doesn't satisfy them or they can't build you into the next big thing, they just, some lackey sends you an email and says you cut. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, I think that's pretty ordinary from the higher-ups. I, look, I don't know Kevin Lee's record as probably as well as you do, uh, nor he's standing within the company. But still, you would think that even if he was dropping down the popularity rank or card, whatever you want to call it, that somebody would at least have the decency to minimally pick up the phone and call him to say, hey, can you come on in? I think it's a case of they're so big that the UFC is the flagship organization in mixed martial arts that they just think they can do whatever they want. And as it turns out, they have all the power. So, yeah, I think they've maybe lost sight of the fact that this is a people business and you need the fighters to actually perform. Because what you can see now, so there's a young gun out there called uh, Sean O'Malley. Now, look, I'm not a fan of this guy, but he essentially made a fantastic point where he just said, I've signed on for a 10-fight deal and I'm on $2,000 per fight. So I'm not going to fight anyone hard until then. I'm just going to cherry pick my fights. Then once I've won 10 in a row, I'm going to renegotiate a better deal and I'm going to get more money. And I think that's really clever. And what Kevin did is he just went in there and tried to be a good guy. Yeah, they'd call him up and say, oh, listen, a fight's fallen through. Can you jump in? It's only on two weeks' notice, one week's notice. And he'd go, yeah, yeah, I'll go in and I'll do it. And so he thought yeah. by doing that, he'd actually sort of there'd be that reciprocity that they'd actually then take care of him. But as it turns out, yeah. maybe Sean O'Malley's right that what you need to do is just be selfish. But then again, I think if you take that approach and the UFC call you and say, we need you to step in and you say no to them, then they're going to be mean to you at the same time. Again, I just think they've got all the power here. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, the company is now so massive. It's got to be huge. I mean, there are other, there are other fighting companies out there, mm-hmm. which I, I have sort of seen because I keep getting recommended videos via Facebook and I say, well, that's not the UFC, it's something else. But they're all out there. But it's like WWE versus... TNA. Yep. No, there's another one out there, but no one really watches it that much. So mm. if anything, what, what's going to happen now is with this happening, could it shift the power more towards the fighters? You know, the irony is though that Kevin Lee will probably earn more money off in Bellator or fighting on one FC. They'll just, there are other organizations out there who pay way better. No joke. Jake Paul. And I hate the fact that I've got to defend Jake Paul here because I think he's a bit of a snapperhead. But he pays fighters on his cards. He pays his sparring partners really well. He actually, it's not all about the money. It's about paying people and looking out for them. So I don't know, UFC, you know you're in trouble when you're actually making the Paul brothers look like the respectable ones in this organization. Don't ever say that. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Well, as promised, we said we'd keep in touch with T-Dog. Now, last week, got a last minute text saying, hang on, got to go home to the wife. 
and uh, it turned out that may have been slightly a bit of a false alarm, but we do have T-Dog on the line right now to tell us what's been happening. How are you, buddy? What's going on? Hello, gents. B. Ray Madigan. I'm doing well. Well, it's Thursday, uh, and Kate and I gave birth to a little baby boy on Tuesday. So he's about, he's now two days old. Uh, his name is Edward, but we call him Ted. And uh, we're back at home, and all is well. Mate, congratulations to... I, I'd say that Kate did more of the giving birth than you did there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, trust me, it was... She definitely did. T-Dog, congratulations to you and Kate. And I have to say that your two-year-old daughter, Audrey, she nailed this, didn't she? She predicted a brother, and sure enough, that's what you got. Exactly right. She'd been saying all along, obviously, I wanted to get the name Bruce in there. Yep. So she was calling him Baby Bruce pretty well early on. Kate and I thought it was going to be another girl. The birth didn't quite go to plan. Uh, we ended up having to go to theatre. Okay. Uh, that's a story for another day, B-Row. I'll tell you in private. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners don't need to hear that. But what I found quite funny was um, nothing seems to happen in a hurry in a hospital. <laughs> so you get a certain amount of time to be pushing and, and giving birth and if there's no movement, then they have to take you to theatre to potentially operate. Yep. So we sort of reached that level and uh, they called it and said, right, we're prepping you for theatre. We're going to take you to theatre. And I'm thinking, right, this is happening. This 45 minutes later, <laughs> we finally get down there. Yeah. yeah, I know, crazy. And then this time, you know, Kate's pushing and trying to give. And then we get down to theatre and if there weren't 15 people in that room, I'm a liar. Seriously, wow. it was just, and the room would have been, yeah, it was this tiny little room, well, a theatre-sized room, and there were 15 people. There was this person and then they had a student and there were some people learning and then the anaesthetist, he was teaching a couple other people and we had our midwife and yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So we had the midwife and then she had a student and then you had a couple of pediatricians and I'm like, holy mac, I actually cracked a joke when I walked in there. I said, is there anyone in the hospital who's not in this room? <laughs> but uh, no, all went well. Ted arrived safely at 12.32 on Tuesday, the 7th of December. And uh, yeah, we got home yesterday and uh, he's just sleeping and eating like a champ for the moment. Fantastic. Now, you actually wanted to go when you talked about Bruce. You actually wanted to try and push for a different name. What was that? Yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing was, as I was there, I'd been pushing Bruce for quite a while, but I actually tried to get everyone in the room in the theatre because we didn't know he was a boy, even when he came out, because he actually came out facing upwards. We, The doctors had to check him out first. So yep. even initially, we still didn't know he was a boy. So when we found out he was a boy, everyone in the theatre welcomed Bruce. So I was like, yes, everyone's on my side. We're going <laughs> to name him Bruce. But I actually wanted to name him Bruce Wayne Wells. Yep. Now, yeah, yeah. So when I told my wife this, it just she just glazed over thinking, where the hell is Wayne coming from? <laughs> and I actually had to explain to her that uh, Batman, Batman's name, come on, get with it. She's like, oh, lame. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I know. Well, in one way, you're kind of asking to be shot in an alley one night after the opera if you go with that name. So <laughs> probably best not yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, mate, on behalf of everybody at the Dummy and Podcast, you know, congratulations again to you and your family, and that's fantastic news. And, uh, mate, if you're yep. free, we'll uh, we'll definitely give you a call again next week, and we'll just touch base and yep. see how it's all going. Absolutely, absolutely. We've obviously got the Ashes on at the moment. Um, Australia are giving England a bit of a touch-up on day two, so mm -hmm. it's good to watch. Um, yep. That's what I'll be doing over my summer. Um, I'm sure our listeners are aware that I'm taking a break, obviously, for the next four or five weeks. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll be back in at the start of January to spend some family time, but I know the show will keep running. Madigan, I'm sure, is going to do a killer job. I can't wait to hear 
how it goes. I look forward to it. It's actually interesting listening to it from a completely different perspective because I come in completely blind, mm. like every other listener. So uh, last week's episode with the Burn Unit was great, and I look forward to hearing the one with Madigan. So uh, keep up the great work. I look forward to uh, hearing the, the episodes, and, I, and I'll catch up with you guys, I suppose, next week. Hey, T-Dog, just before you go, mate, with that uh, yeah. buoyant daughter of yours, maybe throw a few uh, punting form guides in front of her just to test her out a little bit better. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're not getting any hot tips from Ron, are we? Oh, hang on, any shit tips shit from tips Ron? From Ron yeah. <laughs> All right, Madigan, we've talked about the Melbourne Storm. We've talked about the UFC. Who is our third nominee this week? The third nominee comes from the Richmond Tigers. He's a young gun named Sydney Stack who has been called out by some greats and a couple of commentators and uh, maybe even some of his teammates for his overactive use on the platform TikTok and Instagram. Instead of, you know, doing what a player should do, training and focusing on his game. Okay. Now, I've never I've never been on TikTok. I don't have a TikTok account, but I just assume it's like any sort of platform on a phone and this guy's just addicted to it by the sounds of it. Yeah, look, basically to bring it into a nutshell, TikTok is a, a platform where people film themselves dancing. Like if you jump on TikTok now, if you were to download it, that's all you would see is just teenage girls dancing. Right. Why a 20-something-year-old football player is on a platform like that, well, we can speculate, uh, to mm-hmm. you know jump on and dance. It's just I'm sort of split here, and I'll, I'll explain why I'm a little bit split. I get why some of the greats around the games uh, are all sitting there telling him that he needs to, you know, focus a little bit more on his training because apparently his teammates are sort of seeing him in the, you know, in the in the locker rooms doing his silly little dances and it's sort of, it, it might be getting to him a little bit. It's getting to them, I should say. Mm-hmm. But okay. here's the other part that I'm, uh, geez, that I, I grapple with because I'll, I'll be straight up with you. I hate TikTok. It's a Ch- Chinese communist um, spying app. But the thing is about AFL and NRL, especially the NRL, I've got to bring them into this. The NRL social media game is so poor. Mm. Now, what I mean by that is they've got this ability to use these platforms to spread the game throughout the world, and they do such a poor job at it. I, I don't follow the AFL that much on uh, on any of the social media, so I can only come at this through an NRL lens. And I will get back to young Sydney Stack in a minute. But because their ability to use these platforms to help grow the game, to bring money into the game, to bring eyes into the game from, you know, especially the US market who could be watching it. I don't know if you remember this, B-Row, but do you remember when, sorry, I've got to bring it back to Manly, the, um, George <laughs> Tafua. Go with me here. Okay. George, Tafua, George Tafua smashed Cameron Munster at Brookie Oval mm-hmm. and it got picked up by one of the highlight Instagram accounts from over in the US, which apparently has millions and millions of followers, millions of followers, which then sort of caught the eyes of all these basketball players or these NFL players. They all saw it and went, geez, what's going on with the game down there? Mm. Do you remember that? I don't. I do remember that when COVID first happened and all the lockdowns happened, that sport was just off everywhere and NRL was actually getting a run in America on the sports channel. So we actually had, it was a golden opportunity for us to actually build upon. And I think that's what you're talking about. Those moments where the NRL, perhaps the AFL are a bit better at it, but the NRL just don't capitalize on. No. So when you had all, this is the first thing that I saw as soon as they picked that highlight Instagram account, picked up the George Tafua hit. If I was the NRL, I would be sitting there going, 
get every single biggest hit that we've got and put it into a highlight package mm. now yep. and just pump it out and, and direct it at the US market to say, here, check this out. You want to watch our games? NRL.com.au, you can watch it for free if you're a US member. Why they didn't do that is just beyond me. Now, what I mean now that I sort of circle it back to this, I have a little tiny, tiny bit of sympathy for this Sydney stack bloke because what he's doing is bringing eyes to him but if he was smart, he would try to bring more of the eyes towards the game mm. that he's playing. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, I don't have the app, so I can't really talk about how many people are actually following him on on TikTok. But if he's got overseas people watching him other than just the Australians, it can be a bit of a bonus for the AFL. If he doesn't deliver on the field, though, because he's not in shape, because he's too busy dancing I- and not actually practicing his skills, which is what the the greats are saying about him is that he needs to work on his actual game. Then isn't it that that's sort of that catch 22 that, yeah, everybody's going to look, but everyone, it's like Colin Kaepernick, you know, all the eyes were on him and he went and he did his tryout video and nobody picked him up. Yeah, I know it. Look, it is, it's a hard one to sort of navigate. And I think as well that there's potential for players. I, I, I don't know how much the Sydney uh, stack kid is getting paid as well, but it's a chance for them to make some extra cash on mm. the side as well. If yeah, yeah, not yeah. one of the most paid players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he's he's done a few dumb things though as well. I mean, he's had some issues. He copped a 10-game suspension in 2020 for breaching COVID protocols, and he had an altercation on the Gold Coast, and he actually spent time in prison in Perth uh, for breaking isolation requirements. So by the sounds of it, this guy's breached COVID protocols enough times that you could probably get an offer for an NRL contract any day now. (laughs) Yeah, good point. Good point. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, then Buzzsprout is the platform for you. Podcasting is an exciting and fast-growing aspect of the media landscape, and anyone can do it. Just ask T-Dog and I. Buzzsprout is easy to use, and you can upload a new episode within minutes. The platform has tons of features to help make your podcast sound great as well, like video tutorials, helpful Q&A sections, and a quick customer question page where you can get one-on-one support. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more, within minutes of finishing your recording. Following the link in our show notes, let's Buzzsprout know we sent you. And if you sign up for a paid plan, you get a $20 Amazon gift card. So check out Buzzsprout today in our show links. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Do check out the Dummy M podcast on YouTube. Uh, We'd love to get a few more subscribers there. We've got lots of videos of the interviews, of the joke-offs, and little bits from the show, all of them previews and can sort of give you a bit of a taste of what's happening on the Dummy M. Now, I do believe you've been getting some emails this week, Madigan. What's happening? Yeah, I wasn't under the impression that T-Dog's emails were going to get redirected to me, but that's fine. (laughs) What I'm seeing here is that we've got ourselves a brand new sponsor at the Dummy M podcast. Oh, do tell. Are you an NRL club in the market for a great deal? Then look no further because we here at the Storm have a great deal for you. The hectic cheese. That's right. Hard to believe that we'll let go a guy who embarrassed the club by taking drugs and then went on to tell the world about our 12-step intervention-needed drinking culture. But that's exactly what we're doing, and now is your chance to get in on the Brandon Smith action. With the hectic cheese, you not only get a great player, but you also get the following. A guy with a cool nickname. A guy who's a lot of fun at parties. A guy whose nickname 
kind of doesn't make sense. A guy, who keeps, a guy who keeps you on your toes because you'll never know what's going to come out of his mouth next. Mm-hmm. And a guy who's so out of date, he thinks the word hectic is still cool. But best of all, if you give us a player of equal ability for five years, in return, you'll get a Brandon Smith for a whole 12 months. That's right. An entire year. Wow. Wait, there is more. If you buy the cheese now, we'll throw in a second drunk for free. Cameron Munster. <laughs> but hurry because the phone is ringing. Well, it will. We hope. Please call. We're desperate. To find out more, visit the Drunken Sober Chronicles on Facebook today. The Dummy M Podcast. Find us on Instagram and YouTube. On Facebook, you can find us at thedrunkensoberchronicles.com and every week we ask the fans, who do you think the Dummy of the Week is this week? Now, we've got three votes. Brian said the TikTok twat. Uh, Ricky said the Storm should just sack him and be done with it, maybe do it via email. No standout Dummy this week, although I would go with the TikTok AFL guy. Don't know what he did exactly, but it's a footballer and social media, so odds are it's dumb. That's a fair guess. Uh, And John... (laughs) John said Sydney stacked by the length of the Flemington Strait. If he hasn't got the message from the repeated kicks up the bum from Richmond officials and the leadership group, then he never will. So it seems one, two, three, all in favour of the AFL guy. Maybe it's because our site's a bit NRL biased. I don't know. But T-Dog is the person who normally makes this choice. You are filling in for T-Dog. So give us your thoughts. Who do you think really took it out this week, buddy? Well, I'll tell you what. When I first was looking at the nominations, my immediate thought went to Sydney Stack. Mm-hmm. TikTok. Twat. But then as we're doing the podcast and I'm, I'm sitting there looking through Brandon Smith <laughs> and all of his idiot moves, I'm going, geez, it's got to be Brandon Smith. Mm-hmm. However, I can't argue with the audience. The winner has got to be Sydney Stack. Congratulations. And no doubt he'll be talking about this on social media in the next 10 seconds once he hears this uh, and the algorithm feeds it into, <laughs> into whatever platform he's on, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, who knows. But congratulations, Sydney Stack, and hopefully you put your phone down, buddy, and you actually do some training. That'd be good. Yes, well done. Stop dancing. Well, that brings episode 26 to a close. Thank you so much for jumping in for T-Dog there, Madigan. Really appreciate it. Hope you had some fun. Yeah, I did. Had a lot of fun. Mate, uh, something happened in the world of soccer today. I I only saw a picture of it, so I really need you to elaborate for me here. Okay, so um, the best way that I could describe this is, do you remember when that dude invaded the pitch and Andrew Simon's Gave him the shoulder charge. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this has happened in the world of ladies soccer. Mm-hmm. So uh, Bloke has run onto the pitch. This one wasn't naked this time, but he was holding up his phone. So he was sort of doing that look at me selfie. <laughs> I'm running onto the pitch. <laughs> it wasn't Sydney Stack, was it? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't Sydney Stack. Okay. I'm surprised. He was just getting in some laps. No, and then basically while he was sort of looking at his phone, Sam Kerr gave him a pretty decent hip and shoulder and, and, and floored him. Nice. Mind you, I didn't look like he was actually looking at the time. I, I've, I've watched the video. It sort of seemed like, you know, he was looking at his phone and she sort of blindsided him. <laughs> okay, so she's I, knocked him to the ground. Good honour. Yeah, well, is it? Because I want to know, and maybe I'm being a little bit too picky here because I was sitting there looking through my feeds and seeing everyone doing the Yas Queen slay uh, and all that. Okay. My eyes are rolling into the back of my head. And I thought to myself, hang on a minute. Would this be the same reaction if it was any other uh, male player 
given a hip and shoulder to one of those girls who runs out on the field who's, you know, advertising the Candyman cigarettes from the Gold Coast. Yep. Which he's done, you know, there's been a couple of girls that have done that. Yeah. Would the, would the reaction be exactly the same? Yeah, I'd imagine not. However, my understanding is that the initial reaction that you're talking about, there's been a second reaction. So there's been another wave behind that. And now there's an investigation has been launched because they're actually looking at Sam Kerr now for bringing the game into disrepute. So, yeah, yeah. Essentially, everyone, the world of soccer is really mad because, like, everyone knows that as soon as you bump someone, you've got to fall over and clutch at your shin. And she hasn't done that, so she's really tarnished the game. (laughs) That's a fair point. Good on you. (laughs) Well, Madigan, mate, thank you so much for joining us this week. Mate, we will no doubt get you back on the show and uh, have another interview with you in 2022. And we'll be talking about you uh, when, uh, obviously, the Eels beat Manly again. Uh, we'll have those conversations. Again, should we go over the scores of this year? All right, you're breaking up, buddy. So, um, (laughs) mate, you have yourself a good week and we'll catch up with T-Dog next week. And everybody, take care and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. The Dummy M. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.